This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Friends, you know, Rita and I strive to discuss every area of cat life, and there's one nobody wants to talk about, and that's their passing. We'll be right back after this word from our Amy Yowsing sponsor. Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray or worrying, oh my God, do my guests smell that? No cleaning. No scrubbing, no more stink. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Go to kittypooclub.com, and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit kittypooclub.com, use code MEOW30 at checkout, and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back with 19 Cats and Counting, my BFF Linda Hall, who's had a tough couple of weeks. Um, we've all lost pets. But I, I want to go back and ask about losing Sadie Dog, because I know Sadie and one of your cats, Galway, used to play together a lot. Now, do you think Galway knew what was happening? Did he notice the change? I'm not sure if he noticed the changes because they were very subtle over a slow period of time. And it was kind of one of those, we'll decide when we decide and we decided, but he has noticed her absence and he kind of tolerated her. He's just the sweetheart. That's like, okay, come on. I'll play the big derpy orange boy. Exactly. And so, but yeah, I have not seen much of him. He has not come and laid with us or on us, that kind of thing. I will tell you that a few things that I did with Sadie that made me feel better about her death. Number one, the joy of being able to plan it ahead. I know I said joy, but we planned, right? Yeah. What did you do special for Sadie? Yeah. Isabel from Covered in Pet Hair. She has an amazing podcast on Pet Life Radio. Also on Pet Life Radio, yes. Yes. She did a series, which was very brave of her to open up about such personal things of what they were doing for their dog for the end of life. And they had all these things planned and they went on these excursions and the dog got special treats. It's so, so. heartbreaking, but I get it. And it helped her children because she has very young yes. children who were then able to be a part of it. We don't do human food, okay? Once in a great while, if there's a piece of unseasoned chicken or something, I'll toss it down. It's not the best I usually them. do that at Thanksgiving and Christmas so they get a little something, provided I have a turkey or something that say. But yeah, my, my animals don't get human food. So she got her very own ice cream cone and she got her very own hamburger that she didn't have to share with anyone. And she kind of was like, wow, I'm in heaven, right? And then the other thing that I did was that Kara from Pets That's I View. We love Kara. She has really gotten into us about communication and I still feel like I'm a fraud or something. But I just, I did what she said. You know, I kind of prayed and centered myself and I imagined a cord going from me to Sadie. And I sent her love and I sent her hearts and I, I tried to feel my heart sending her love. And then I told her, you're going to take a ride and you're going to get some treats 
And then you're going to go to the vet. And I pictured the vet because I know my vet's office and I pictured the door opening and I pictured the people and I pictured the waiting room and I sent it all to her. And then I talked about there's going to be a little pinch with a shot, but you're going to feel so much better and so sleepy. And you are going to wake up with Sebastian and with all these people that have gone and, and crossed to the other side and you are going to play and you're not going to hurt and you're not going to be afraid. And I kept telling her this every night, Sadie seemed excited about the drive. She used to go for rides with us all the time. The last couple of times the kids have tried, she's pooped in their car and they don't love that. So or she hasn't uh, gotten a lot of cards. She didn't poop in the car. Her nurse did she not wasn't take over. She wagged her tail. She was happy to see the vet. She didn't seem upset about going. And even after we got her back to bury her in the yard, she didn't look like most of my animals do. Her ears were really perked up and she looked excited and happy. And I feel like it helped. You did. You did. I just, again, I I wasn't raised with ideas like this, so it's very hard for me, but I really feel like that bought us some extra help. Well, even if she received the messages and even if she didn't, you're what the energy you were sending her, she got that. Right. Yeah. So it helped you. It helped her. And we know she's with Sebastian and probably some other people up in heaven, like your, oh, yes. your late yes. husband, my Dan. Husband. Yes, exactly. He was a There's dog so lover. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And Katie dog probably too. Yes. So that's one type of death when we plan this euthanasia. With karma, I tried to do hospice. That was so I tried to allow her to stay home. Hi, Sooty. Because I felt that's what she wanted. It was for a while. That morning when I said, okay, we're pulling it. And I start frantically calling vets offices, trying to get her in. She went in the carrier without a single fight. She's a feral cat. We have commented before. You've commented about yours. Uh, what did that vet say? That home vet say to you about Brownie? Your yeah. uh, he, he said, well, she's going to have to be okay. Cause I can't get near her. So karma didn't get. A lot of the regular vets and teeth cleanings and because Neither it does was not possible. Or Parcaso. Mm-hmm. It simply wasn't possible. I decided the day I brought her home that I would give her a home and be safe. And if she never loved me, that was okay. She was Kismet's cat. Now but I did end up you. getting the love. It, I it, did. Yeah, it took a while, but you did. Yeah, she went in. There's a death that I haven't had that you have. There's I don't know if you can do them. this. Where they've died suddenly in front of you, or you've come in to found them dead. Can you yeah. talk about that at all? I've had a couple of those. Which one do you talk about first? That's up to you. Colby was five-year-old, orange and white, totally healthy. I was upstairs with him one day, and I was feeding everyone. And he just let out this, what? Right? And he fell over, and I'm like, I don't know what the heck's going on. My cell phone's downstairs. I go running downstairs to get my cell phone to call Faulkner's office, see if I can bring him in. He comes following me down the stairs, collapsed in my living room, and died. Long story short, he um, had an embolism. Totally not expected. Five years old. No, young cat, fast cat. Love that cat. Love that cat. Although the cat was a pickpocket. But other than that, he it was. was. He liked to steal things out of Aunt Linda's purse. He was a sweetheart. He's in the first, he's in one of the first sets of videos I did um, back when uh, Petcha.com, before they got bought by Chewy. Those are on our website in our clubhouse. But uh, then there's Abby. He was a 14-year-old Maine Coon. I got her when she was five. Again, she was perfectly fine. And then she was just kind of standing there looking odd, like catatonic one evening. And I'm like, what's wrong? And I picked her up and she 
peed and pooped all over my lap and it was so stinky and I put her down to just go wipe myself off. By the time I got back, she had crawled into a cardboard chewy box and died. I had to have a autopsy done because I didn't know if she had cancer. It was really bad. So there was never a symptom from her, never a symptom from Colby either. Colby's was a sudden onset thing. Abby had been sick for a while and covered it up because that's what cats do. And then, of course, I've had the ones that you know are going to die, like Lovey with the cancer, Cupcake with the cancer, Smokey with the uh, liver disease and kidney issues, blah, 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 on and on and on and on and on. But the ones where I've had to make the decision, oh, like Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell suddenly went, um, her back legs wouldn't work. And, uh, yeah, she had cancer back there in her hip area, and I had to make that decision. It's so difficult, and there's guilt. I was surprised. I remember very vividly when Abby died. I, I don't know if you had tried to call me and couldn't get a hold of me, I but I was Jane. running into another room. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I, I was, couldn't get to you. I was time. running into another room, and I saw this text, and it said, Abby's gone. And I'm like, excuse me, what? And I called you, and I remember the shock. And then I remember so vividly you beating yourself up. What did I miss? What did I do wrong? Oh, my gosh. What did I miss? What did I miss? And I remember thinking... You have done this a million times. You've been the cat matter. lady for so long. Each one's Rita. each one's like the first time. It doesn't matter. It's true, exactly. And you beat yourself up. Yes. And yeah. Well, unlike you know, I waited a little too long with Lovey. I just had a I, I had a hard time with that one. We thought we had him saved because he had one cancer lump and um Dr. Glenn did such a fabulous job. He had to draw me a diagram of how he had to cut it to get it out so he could still keep the leg. And then he ended up he had more in his system, different type of cancer, right? I remember you looked up the types and they were different. It was a different type. Yes. There was something else I want to talk about. Can I talk about for a second, Tinkerbell? Yeah. When I took Tinkerbell to um, Care Charlotte, which is fabulous, by the way, I love them. I especially love their um, neurological veterinarian, um, Dr. Farber. She's awesome. She's awesome. So I took her, They, I was going to leave her there for observation. And on my way home, they called me and they're like, no, turn around. We're going to have to, you know, it pretty much wasn't a decision. I had to do right. it. And they let me, this is the only time I've experienced this. They they let me hold her and be with her in this room that had a button on the wall. And they said, just press oh. that button when you're ready, whenever you're ready. So I was holding Tinkerbell and she kept reaching for that button. She kept staring at the button and reaching over for the button. She wanted to go. She was telling yeah. me, I want to go. go. So I finally hit it. And that was bizarre to me. Like, how the heck could she even know what that meant? You know, how did all those cats know to come say goodbye to Carmine? Mean, I know. They know a lot more than we give them credit for. But I think if I were to give the biggest takeaways, very briefly, when Lovey was getting so sick, I came to visit you. And what was a surprise. when it grows slowly, you don't notice it. I walk into the house and I got hit by the house smell. smell. Yeah, and like Lovey came to me that night and laid on my chest and looked into my eyes and I just felt it. And I said, I'll talk to mom. It's okay. She's just she had a hard time being ready. She doesn't know. She and Lovey wasn't. And- he, he was one of those. He was a semi-feral sh- kind of shy. He wasn't one that cuddled up with Linda. So I was, was not it. bonded with that cat until that day, which thanks a lot, lovey. So then, so then, then what happened at the ahead, You went ahead and made the euthanasia. So I just wanted to be there to support you. This is not my cat. 
So I'm and sitting in the chair. I've done too many of these alone. And, oh, I know. You and I Jane was just, both I was a lot of these. really happy to be there. I really was. It's awful as that sounds. I was really happy to be no, able to be there for you. I was happy. So I'm in the chairs against the wall and you're standing pretty much right in front of me. I mean, I could have, I could have weak at your behind there <laughs> and uh, standing at the table. Lovey's on the table. Doctor's on one side. You're on the other. And I am focusing on you. I'm watching your back to see if there's quivers. Should I touch you? Should I? I'm I'm ready to do what you need. And you said to me, Lovey wants you here. He was reaching out, reaching around me to get to Linda. He wanted us both up there. So I, I felt incredibly honored. And I stood up. It was awful. It was awful. I'll never get over it. I was still mad at Lovey. I'm still mad at Lovey for making, making you love me him. Fall in love <laughs> and then reaching out for me at his death. But it made Lovey feel better and more comforted. And he wanted both of the people he was loving on. It helps they, that I have an awesome vet too, who's very compassionate. And I could tell he was feeling it during that one. Could you you tell? have the best vet. Yeah, oh, yeah. You have the best vet. Yeah. He tried really hard like to that. save Lovey. He tried so hard. He did. He did. If Lovey could have been saved, I believe Dr. Glenn would have done it. Yes. But, so I think this is number one takeaway. If you have to euthanize them, please don't drop them and go. Your animal no. needs you to comfort them and tell them it's okay. It was the worst during COVID when people had to do that. They couldn't go in and be with their cats. They couldn't go in to be here. with their humans, let alone their cats. There's still a vet here in Defiance that won't let you in there. Don't go there. Your cat or dog or parrot or lizard or whatever you have, they need you there. I've read some of these articles about it and, you know, the vet techs are like the animals looking around for you. They're in a strange situation. They're scared. They don't know what's happening. They want you there. It's, you got to do it for them. Do I want to be there? Did I want to watch my cats be euthanized? Hell no. I didn't want to be there. But you love them. You do it for them. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't want anything to do with it. But yeah, I was there. And then initially for you, and then I found out that Lovey wanted me there, which that warmed him even further into my heart. Like, you turkey. And now I really love you. Now we're going to say goodbye. Can you talk about what happened when you had to put your Katie dog down, the one that you had with your yeah, husband, yeah. Dan, before he died? Katie was a black lab mix. And she was, in my opinion, the perfect dog. Y'all know I'm more of a cat person than a dog person. But I would take a Sadie over and over and over again if such an animal existed. A Katie? She was just perfect. A Katie dog. A Katie dog. She was the perfect dog. But she was definitely my husband's love. She was a family dog. She wasn't one that chose one human. However, my husband was her person. He was the master. Dogs so, need yes. a master. They need a leader. Cats do not. Yes. So as my husband became more and more ill, he had a chronic illness. We noticed her laying more by his recliner. And then when he came into the bedroom and we put up a hospital bed and he went on the hospice, she pretty much hung in the bedroom. And we joked at one point, like, are you eating? Are you peeing? Like, you're <laughs> just here. Well, she'd kind of come in and out of the room. because There's a lot of people coming in and out helping and hospice and yada, yada. And then probably maybe 30 minutes before he went into respiratory distress. Now, mind you, we had no signs. And I am a former CNA. I know the signs. She army crawled underneath his hospital bed. I still don't know how she got herself wedged in there and laid under his bed. And we were like, what the heck? And maybe 20 minutes after she made her descent, he went into respiratory distress, which lasted probably 10, 15 minutes and he was gone. She, knew. she, she knew. as she knew. soon as he was gone, she scrambled out and we don't know where she went. I mean, I was kind of busy. And yeah, I think. then the funeral home came and took him out the front door on a stretcher to the funeral home. 
And Katie went and laid on the welcome mat at the front door and did not move four days. And she became old before my eyes. She was an old girl, but she didn't act it until Dan died. And then she became this old girl and she was whining a lot in pain and arthritis. I don't think I had her maybe a couple of months after Dan left. So that. Oh, I didn't know it was so soon. But oh yeah, it wasn't long because I felt like I was tormenting her, but then I just lost Dan. So I can't do anything about it right now and the kids and you know. So when I finally took her to get euthanized, she was laying on the table and she was being very good and not fighting anything. And I said, go get dad. Dad's waiting for you. And her tail went thump, thump, thump. And she was gone. And I let out a wail that I think was partly from Dan. I surprised myself. These noises came from my body that I'm sure they heard in the entire clinic. And I didn't know it was coming. Like it just escaped. And God bless them. They shut the door and left me time. I'm sure they've heard that happen a lot. Oh, I'm sure. See, that was like the final, that family you had was gone. Yeah. It was Dan's dog. Yeah. And she was a wonderful dog and I loved the dog and we didn't need another death that soon. And, 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 but yeah, she was was miserable. That's it. And I couldn't continue to torment her. And it just kind of felt like she and Dan belonged together anyway. So why was I keeping her around to be miserable without her master? When she's in so much pain, I think her arthritis was getting really bad. She started limping. We never saw these behaviors. And then, boom, it was awful. That kind of happens when, you know, people are bonded too, especially husband, wife. You know, a lot of time when they're older, one will get sick and pass and the other will go quickly after. And I think in this case, she's like, my master's gone. I need to be. Yeah, I'm done. I, I have no reason to stay around. Let's take another quick break because I, I would like to also talk about some things like things that I wrote about in my book, Sadie's Heart, yes. advocating for your pet, etc. Um, we'll be right back after this message from our awesome sponsor. Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray or worrying. Oh my God, do my guests smell that? Kitty Poo Club has solved the stink. And now the worst part of cat ownership is hassle-free. No cleaning, no scrubbing, no more stink. And the best thing is you don't have to buy some oversized contraption that will break down. Kitty Poo Club litter boxes are manufactured to make your life easier. You have one cat? Easy peasy. A small mountain lion? No problem. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Believe me, there are good reasons why we sold over 3 million boxes. Go to kittypooclub.com, read the amazing reviews, and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit kittypooclub.com, use code MEOW30 at checkout, and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com And we're back again with Magic uh, County Accounting and my BFF, Linda Hall, and we are talking about grief over losing a pet, making the decision, the guilt we feel. I would like to talk about a few things, one of which being, we'll get into the other one in a minute, but people that minimize the grief you're feeling over the loss of a pet. And then people start feeling guilty that they feel 
sat for so long, right? Linda, have you experienced this yourself? I know a lot of our clients. Oh my goodness. Yes. I think, you know, there are people who just don't understand the idea of a pet. Like I've had pets like fish that I enjoy, but I do not have a personal relationship with and don't love. And there are people, I don't know how, who consider cats and dogs on that same plane. I mean, I I have respect for the fish's lives. I get it. They're sentient, but you can't have a friendship with we're not bonding. There may be, no. there may be people out there who can. I, I did not find that a yeah. thing. I Don't enjoyed send them. letters. I, I know. <laughs> I enjoyed them. I cared for them. I respected them. I was not in love with them. Yes. The way I'm in love with these. So there are people that just will consider, you'll say your cat or dog died. It's like your fish died and they don't get it. For me, it's like my child died. I don't have human children. They are my children. A lot of people are insulted by that who have children, but Linda has children and. And I am not insulted by it. I consider it like adopting a child. You bring this living, sentient being in your home and you promise to care for them and meet their needs and put them ahead of yourself. I don't see that as incredibly different from adopting a human child. Cats are not humans. Don't start on me. I know this. No I'm a behaviorist. But no more letters. But in regards to my commitment for them and my life with them. Yeah. The same. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're here. They're on my back. They're a part of my, so when they're gone, yeah, it's something I notice. I have certain cats who tend to me when I'm sad. And, but most bosses are not going to give you a week to grieve your animal, which they just don't get it, right? I spent a week in bed after I lost Sadie. Oh, I know you did. My Sadie, my book Sadie's Heart. Yes. I'll put the link in. Please purchase a copy. All proceeds go towards the building of the Carolina Cat Sanctuary for senior and special needs cats and kittens. And I have to um, tell you, when you wrote the book, you saw it as a grief resource. First, it was a catharsis for you. Yeah. And then you saw it as a grief resource, which it is. But But I kept saying to you, this is so much more. Sadie was itty bitty and they wanted to euthanize her because... She had ventral septal defect, right? And she wouldn't live six months. That's what they told me. She lived to be almost seven years old, by the way. Nee, 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 boo, boo. So first <laughs> of all, I want to ask you what, when the vet says to you, we need to euthanize, what happens inside of you that makes you end up walking outside the door with the cat and not euthanizing? Well, there was a couple of things. First, my first vet who diagnosed her, Dr. Margaret Roberts, whom I love in Greenville, South Carolina. She asked me, where did you get this cat? Can you give it back? And I said, no, she's my cat. Why? She said, good. That's what I wanted to know. And then she told me. And then she gave me the name of a couple of vet specialists. And yeah, I went in and uh, they told me, yeah, she's got VSD, ventral septal defect. She won't live past six months. They're usually out in nature. They're there. They die immediately. So um, you might as well euthanize her. And I said, I'm not going to euthanize her. She's this happy kitten who's running around. She's got all this energy. She was small for her age. I didn't walk out because that clinic was really the only one in Greenville at the time that uh, knew anything about BSD, right? So I nagged the CRAP out of them getting medicines. They put her on blood pressure medication. She wouldn't take the, well, they told me not to let her get excited. Okay. She's a little kitty that, you know, climbs the curtain rods and she's up on top of the kitten. Exactly. What what am I going to do? Good luck with that. So then I'm chasing her around trying to give her this pill. I'm like, don't you have another delivery method? So we tried flavored treats. No, we tried flavored chicken flavor, tuna flavored liquid. No, 
She ran so much, it was hurting her more to try to give it to her. I did research at the time. Uh, ear gel was not popular. The, the transdermal she put on the ear, but I begged and he said, well, it's not as effective. I said, well, she's not getting it. So it's got to be more effective than not getting it. Something's but better I had than to nothing. Beg. And way back then, there was a, a pharmacy in Texas that did this compounding. They were like the only one. So I had to order mail order, right? I just kept advocating for, you know, what else can I do? What can I try? What I think the vet thought I was in love with him or something because I kept calling him, calling him and calling him. And no, I don't even remember his name. Sorry, I don't even remember your name. <laughs> um, and then every vet that I moved to LA and every vet that saw Sadie after I moved, they're like, how is this cat alive? I'm like, I don't know. One vet, Dr. Bell, um, I don't remember his first name. He said, the only explanation I have is love. That's keeping her alive. So the lesson here is what, Linda? Advocate and trust your gut and get a second opinion if you aren't sure. Look, most vets are amazing. We personally know so many. Your Dr. Gwen, when I moved to South Carolina, will be my vet. We adore exactly. All the Um, other vets at Faulkner's are wonderful too. I just happen to have a special relationship with him because I'm there so much. And and I know him through my mom too, ran yeah. the uh, Humane Society exactly. here and I had eight dogs, now has five. Anyway, that's why I know him so well. <laughs> but there are vets who see things and if you're not comfortable with it, we've had people given a cancer diagnosis and there wasn't cancer. We No, my friend Iris's cat. They exactly. told her Cinderella had cancer because they didn't know what else it would be. And they, she called me. She's like, they're telling me to euthanize her. She had asthma. We knew this. They had to put her in the hyperbaric, you know, oxygen thing. And then when her, of course, it happened on a weekend when um, our vet there, Dr. Reyna, wasn't available. Um, he called them up when she got him into, she finally, I said, no, you're not going to euthanize this cat. Dr. Reyna's back in the office tomorrow. Just wait. And she was fine. And he called the office and reamed them out. Don't you ever tell a patient of mine. He sent him all the proof that the cat had asthma and just needed some oxygen treatment. Anyway. And then they live. And and it's not the only time we've heard it. So it's a teaching vet hospital. That's the problem. But yeah. we digress. Trusting your gut, you know. Yes. I just knew when it was time with Sadie and the kids had come to the conclusion too. There are a couple that I've probably waited too long. I'm not gonna lie, especially Latte. Latte. But, well, I waited too long with, with, uh, with Lovey. We I do know. it. But we what do the best that we can. And Latte had cancer. Again, it wouldn't be but a couple of months. It's a fast growing cancer. You should euthanize. I'm not euthanizing right now. Sure, I will, but not right now mm-hmm. because she was still giving a lot of love and being herself. I slowly watched. Okay. She couldn't climb the stairs anymore, but she could still get up on the couch. Okay, she's starting to lay on the floor, but um, she's still, you know, I can still pick her up and love her. What happened when your mom came home from Florida? My parents were wintering in Florida at the time, and they came home, and my mother took a look at Latte, and this tumor on her hip had grown the size of her head. But again, it's slow. I don't notice it. It doesn't. I know it's there. Just like with Lovey. I didn't know how bad it got. So my mother comes from Florida and looks at the cat and says, Linda Sue. And yeah, said, when the Sue is in there, Linda's in trouble. Linda's Sue. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, I know, I know. Shh. I don't want to hear it right now. And then one day I found her to the table in absolute misery. And I knew that I had waited too long, but I rushed and I solved the problem. And I sat there apologizing to her. But we all do the best we can. Well, what's ironic and- is Jane, who was working with us at Just for Cats at the time, her cat was going through the exact same thing. Same I think hers cancer, died a Which was a fairly rare one. Yes. They, they were yeah, very they close, were close together. together. Uh-huh. It's hard to let them go, it, you know, because 
here's the big the big thing is at least that's how I feel. I don't want to cheat them out of a day that they're entitled to, but I don't want them to suffer a day longer than they need to. And finding that perfect time, there is no perfect time. You've got to listen to your your cat or dog and your gut. Yes, thank you. It's there, you know, if you're lucky enough to hit the perfect time, great. I'm not sure if we waited too long with Sadie. We probably did a little bit, but... She still found comfort in my daughter and the kids weren't ready and I left it to go and I'm not unhappy. But when you did it, she was having no quality. of Exactly. Oh, exactly. Yes. And uh, my daughter was still trying to take her on walks just up and down the driveway. And just, you know, we were still trying to give her everything we could. And she was still getting excited about that. So, you know, you don't want to take that away. But no, the dog was not happy. Karma's the same way. The fact that karma let us put her in the carrier without a fight. I mean, I've fought my regular non-feral go to the vet cats more than I fought that cat getting into the, she just went, she just went and that gave me comfort. So she wasn't ready before. I kept telling you, she's not ready. You're listening to her signs. You do what you think. She's your cat in the long run. And at the end, I said, I thought it might be time. She might be suffering. But again, it's for you to decide based on what you see you're living it and you know that cat so exactly. anybody telling anybody who doesn't live with your cat your dog or you is telling you it's time and you're feeling it's not i had a vet i fired because he told me it was time for my sweet pea and she lived two more years so you have to listen to your gut i mean yes take the medical opinion but somebody who starts yelling at you about it no run i i've never been back to see that vet again he wrote me a long letter of apology which um i do appreciate unfortunately it's veterinary he's now suffering from terminal illness himself so i'm oh, sorry about sorry that. To hear that yeah but uh if you don't feel comfortable with what your vet is saying find another find yes another. it doesn't mean that the vet is a bad person no. maybe they're just not a fit for you i mean that's why we do a 15 minute pre-consult on our behavior sessions Find out if we're a good fit for you, if we sound like we know what we're talking about, if we're going to tell you that we can help, if you have any questions, book a free 15 minute. There's been a few times we've told people, you know, you don't really need our help, just do blah. And we haven't charged them for a session, right? And there's people who have not come back after the 15 minute. We respect that. You find the help you need. If we're not it, go go somebody else. I I don't have a problem with that. It's the same with any vet that does. Especially with a, with a big illness, like cancer or something, you know, you want to make sure that it's not like that vet's office that was just didn't know and said, oh, it must be cancer because we can't find anything else. And in my opinion, your vet should give you a professional opinion without telling you what to do. That's right. I mean, there have been so many times that good vets have kind of left me hanging where I wanted them to tell me what to do. They're like, it's this and blah, blah, blah. And these are your choices. And I'm like, but which, well, I say then, which would you do if it was that's your? That's what I do. If this was your cat, well, how would you proceed? And usually they'll answer that usually. Yes. But even if they say answer that, that doesn't mean I have to take that's it. Right. That means I have to take their opinion under advisement. And I may decide or I may go home and decide tomorrow. Or you may not see me for six months. I'll let you know how this works out. And that vet, I would have accepted his opinion had he not yelled and screamed at me. And in his letter, he said that he just took it out on me because he just had too many patients who were letting their animals suffer. And I get that. They see a lot of pain and suffering. I get that. I'm not surprised by what he did. But it wasn't a fit for you and you had to go. That's all. But the worst thing is when people tell you when you should be over your grief over a pet. I spent a week in bed after I lost Sadie. And you'll read in my book, Richard 
Simmons, who we worked for, called me every single day. And he's like, Rita, you've got to get out of bed. The other cats need you. I'd get up, I'd do my cats, I'd come home and go to bed. In fact, the first day, he sent his assistant, Michelle, who was also my friend, to drive me to my pet sits that day. He was a, he was an animal lover. He knew what it was like to lose an animal. He's a great sense of comfort and support. I had other people who I knew who said to me, don't you have nine others? Because I had 10 at the time. One doesn't replace the other. You lose a child. Okay, so don't you have others? No. That's what I was just thinking. Like, uh-uh. I've given birth three times and I've raised a few stepkids. And, you know, if one of my children should die, I wouldn't be like, oh, well, I've still got Nikki and Cameron. Right? Like, it's no. They're all important to That's me. Right. They're all my children and I That's love right. them all. Same as the cats, right? It's, yeah, it is what it is. So the cats, the cats and dogs, they never grow up. They're perpetual t- children. Forever. Yes. You've like got toddlers. to be responsible for every decision. So I think the biggest takeaways that I really wanted to promote are one, do not dump your cat and go or your dog. Please. No, please don't. Stay there. It's awful. It's hard, but stay there. I'm sure it's the same with ferrets and pet mice and all of this, all of any, any animal you have a personal relationship with your, if you, you have a personal there. relationship with your fish, just because I didn't, doesn't mean you can't. That's and right. We respect that. That's right. Trusting your gut, getting a second opinion, that sort of thing, allowing your cats, your other animals to say goodbye. This isn't always possible, but if you can, I am blessed to have a strong man who can dig holes in my backyard and a backyard. So you had an apartment. Now you have a house, but you don't have the, the muscles. My my backyard's mostly rocks and and that's tree true box, too. Tree I wouldn't even want to try branches. to dig, yeah. but it made me feel good to bring them home, and wrap them in their favorite blanket and bury them. And I'm making headstones and tell them about um what you buried Sadie in and why oh, your Sadie about dog. the blanket. Yeah, no, well that's cute too, but no the polka dots. Oh yeah, when we were talking to Kara from Pets Eye View. She did some communication with Sadie and she told us that um Sadie missed wearing this, this pink with white polka dots. And yeah, we used to dress the dog up. It had been nine, 10 years. I didn't know she wanted. So I went out and I bought her a pink scarf and she pranced around in that thing. And when they were getting ready to bury her, um, my son took her collar off and I yelled at him. Sorry, Cameron. Don't take that off. And he's like, it's just a collar. And I said, oh, okay. But don't take the scarf off. Like, I just needed her. It made me feel better to bury her. I'm sure she didn't care. But it made me feel better. And you know what? That's okay. If it makes you feel better. My daughter went to the store and bought a pretty fuzzy, fuzzy pink blanket with, I think it had unicorns on it to wrap her in and let her have it the night before and let her go to the vet with it. And then she was buried in it. I will give you, I'm sorry, dark humor is a thing of mine, but I will tell you when she got home with the blanket, we were taking the label off and we realized it was a a glow in the dark blanket. And that just (laughs) took a whole new turn for burying her with the nightlight. But regardless of that fact, you've got to find levity. Come on. Right. It's too too serious. You've got to find things to laugh at. I have a million blankets in this house. I really do have a lot of them. I have a whole chest of them in the living room for your your couch pleasure. I've got them everywhere. Yeah, I do too. She wanted to buy a special pink blanket for, and that made her feel better. So you do that. 
Right? You, you. you do that. Wh- whatever you need to do. And don't let anybody tell you you're taking too long to grieve, that you shouldn't feel this way. I especially hate when people say, you shouldn't feel that way. Well, I do. So shut up. I hate it when right? people tell me how to feel. I hate I know. that. I do too. But yeah. I'm it's sure that, you know, I, I, Nikki said, my daughter who got the blanket, hey. she said, I know this is silly. You're going to think this is silly that I spent money on something that's going to go in a hole tomorrow. And I, I said, no, it. I don't think that's funny or silly or anything. I think you're absolutely How fine. How many people buy their deceased relatives new suit of clothes to wear when they bury them? Because maybe right? they don't have anything suitable, right, to be buried right? in. Exactly. So it's, it's no stupider than that, and it's not stupid. And, you know, they sell those little, like, stepping stone kits, which you can do yourself. It's just the quick set cement and you can put them in, they have molds, but you can put it in a pie mm-hmm. tin and you let it sit up and you take it out and you can paint it and add stones and stuff. So I've made a couple of them, one for Sadie and, and one for Karma, and we're going to put headstones out there. It's my just mom, a silly thing, but it makes us feel better. My mom has those in her backyard for her dogs and for my mischief, who is buried back there. I didn't my know that. Kitty. Yeah. that. Yes, they're I really pretty that. stepping stones. Yes, that's exactly, you know, what makes you feel better is not wrong. That's right. I will tell you, and we've heard this over and over, usually when they lose an animal, the, re- the reaction is, I will never do this again. And I, I Everyone says that. that. Everyone says that. Yeah. I didn't even believe myself when I said it, but I meant it. I mean, I, I, I meant it. I was serious about it. It's how I felt, but I knew it wouldn't last and that I would go. In my opinion, there's no greater honor to your animal that has passed than to take that love into another and That's to pass it on. Right. But Save you have to be animal. ready. Sometimes an animal comes along when you're not ready. I've I've been in the position of having animals come along just before or just after I've left. I've lost another cat. Before we wrap, because we've got to do that soon. Oh, crud. It left my brain. There was something <laughs> else I wanted us to talk about. <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you how to feel. And please, 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 I plead with you. Do not adopt an animal for your friend who just lost an animal. No. So many times we've seen clients Mm-mm. that are struggling. Animals should never be a gift anyway, because you Agreed. don't know. I still remember the Persian that my friend Lori and her mom brought me for like my seventh birthday. I couldn't keep. Well, now I have a white Persian. Um, yeah. But uh, I still wonder your what happened to that broken. cat. I still wonder. I was seven. I mean, I that cat's long it's gone. Your heart's broken. But well, and we had a client one day and she said they lost an animal. And I think her daughter went out and adopted a cat. And I remember quote, she said, I think she jumped the gun a little on bringing another animal in. When you're in so much angst, it's hard to pour into this being. You have to deal with your grief first. You don't want to cheat the new baby. Somebody I knew, they got a new cat. I don't know if it's one of our clients or somebody I knew, they got a new cat right after and they just couldn't warm up to the cat because it was too soon, too. So the other family members really needed the other. But she finally did, but it took her a while. And, you know, that Very lapse seamless. and that hesitation in bonding with the other animal, they feel it. Cat, dog, whatever, they feel it. Oh, 100%. 100%. They know that you're not doing it. And they know that you're sad and they don't know why you're sad. What an awful position to put the animal in. Wait until you're ready and then go save a life in honor and memory of the baby you lost. Yeah, right? the week after day eight, my week in bed, yeah. I said, this is crazy. I have to get up. I have to do something. I had nine cats left. I think, I don't know. I'll have to reread my book to remember. 
I started volunteering at Save a Life Rescue and I volunteered with them for years. I ended up acquiring other animals because of it. Right. But I kind of think that having Sadie, I was already into the cat sitting, but I think that caused that what happened with her and the other cats honoring her is what catapulted me, haha, catapulted into uh, studying cat behavior. Yeah. Oh, I and, agree. And I agree. doing some good. And this is where eventually the sanctuary came from is my desire to help other animals. And don't forget, that's what I was going to say earlier, don't forget your other animals in the household. They are grieving the loss of this pet. Even if you don't think there was any communication between those two pets, there was. There was something. You're going to see hierarchy changes. You might see some listlessness, depression. Or you might see another animal that was shy step up and become more outgoing because the other cat was over that you know alpha exactly and you'll see lots of personality changes i know i did both good and bad yeah it changes everything i'm sure there's more we could cover but i think we got the basics out and i didn't ugly cry through the whole thing can someone give me an award it started once or twice i saw it but there was no ugly because ugly cry is really ugly i mean i really do have ugly cry so there's resources. There's resources in my in my book about how about grief, pet grief. There are people out there who are certified in a recovery from the loss of a pet and grief counseling. Contact Kara at Pets I View if you're wondering what's going on in your your cat's minds, your dog's minds, sick or not. Um, yes. But especially if they're sick, it might help you have some insight into how they're feeling. This was, I didn't believe in animal communication until Kara. I really believe in Poopoo's rearranging my mic and everything. And she's coming back on the podcast. Soon, yes, she so. is in just a couple of weeks. So I, I would love to get her take on all of this, with what I happened would too. with you. And, I would too. And maybe we can get a yeah. read on um, Mr. Deaf Kitty over here. Yes, that would be wonderful. The Kuro, who I've been calling Zuki, and call him anything, doesn't matter, he can't hear it. He can't hear it. Exactly. But he came into my bedroom last night. That was a big step. Thank you for taking this time to discuss this with me. I don't know that I could have talked about it with anybody else as my sidekick. I'm struggling hard. Remember, Karma was just yesterday. I know. Um, but I needed to. And you tried to give me an out this today and said, we could talk about something different. And I said, no, I'm okay. So you have been very respectful of my feelings. And thank you for just supporting me and agreeing to do this with me. Well, I appreciate you being willing to open up because I know this is going to help a lot of people who still struggle with the decision, the guilt, the sadness, and with people telling them, get over it. No, you don't just get over it. You do it in your own time, just like a lot for of sure. person. For sure. And we're here to listen. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you to Mark Winter for giving us this wonderful spot on Pet Life Radio where we can help people. That's our goal. Reach out and help people. Yeah. We're here. And just remember, every day is Catter Day. We'll see you next week. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.